Yes. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's been a little bit. It has. We we celebrated Christmas, New Year. How was your New Year? I, Good. I don't think I, I just, asked you. What did I do? Oh, I went to the movies with Karsten. That's right. That's right. And yours was good? Yeah, it was just quiet. Yeah, that's us. We watch the ball drop. We drink our uh, Martinelli's. And then we go to bed. Yeah, that's it. Us too. But we went to a movie too. You got back before then? 11.45. Oh. And then Karsten had it all going up. So we got the Martinelli's, drank it. He had to drink so much more, got a stomachache. No. Yeah. It's fine. He just, he's good. It was a nice, yeah, Christmas was great. Yeah. You know, everything's fine. Well, good. Yeah. You're fine? Yes. Good. Yes, everything's good. I have a question for you, but we can address it after prayer. Okay, fine. Do you want to start in prayer? Sure. Okay. All right. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word today. I ask that you would increase my wisdom and understanding as I read. Speak to me through your word, Lord. I pray that your word would create in me a clean mind and a renewed heart. Hide your words in the folds of my heart for times of need by myself or others. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, here's my question. And I don't think it can be answered, but I want to get your take on it. All right. Okay, I'm. Re- you know, we're reading through 1 Samuel, and we're starting to get into the kings and stuff. And I was just thinking, like, why... Because God can do anything at any time. Like, why did God have have the Israelites, okay, they have to go through all the kings, and they have to go through this. Like, why didn't, you know, Jesus come beforehand? Like, why was Jesus born when he was? Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the timing of everything. I don't have the answer. I don't know if anyone does, but I was just thinking about that. But I can tell you, as we read in here, that when he would have them do like only take five five whatever mm-hmm. birds or whatever yeah and the manna and and just like this why they have to go through the kings he wanted them to realize like realize the the fine road of getting to the lord mm-hmm. you know what i mean don't you think and what what else did we read in here something about they have to learn these rules because they are getting ready to, you know. Yeah, because they did have all those very yes. specific rules. Yeah. Um, you and know, in the Exodus. I think that so many people think you have to give up stuff to be, come to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to. That's That's man. But in reality, you're gaining so much. And once you are accept him and start studying, you want to give up those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I I just read about that yesterday. Something, I wish I could have the right words come out, um, that they, they're being taught, like, discipline and, you know, who God is, and they can't just be wild. Mm-hmm. That's what I, like, refined. Yeah. They're being refined. Okay. And if they didn't go through any of that, and God just zapped his fingers, why would Jesus have to come? Yeah. You know? I was just, because so many years and and so many 
people and and so many things happened it's just his timing yeah it's just it's amazing and even in genesis though he talks about jesus i mean he doesn't say jesus christ or anything but he once they sinned yeah something had to be done and when um when did it happen when jesus was crucified and he died remember that the cloth to the holy of holy places ripped in two yes yes which meant okay anybody can go then Mm -hmm. it was like a symbol so that's my okay i don't know no i mean that's okay i threw that at you cold and i just like i was just thinking about that you know it's yeah so much it has has had to happen before he came mm-hmm. and we know that god's omniscient and he's everywhere he's before after i mean it was all planned out mm-hmm. and we don't get to know everything as no. we know yeah he tell he gives us what we were supposed to so one day hopefully we'll get to know it all yeah you know so that's my answer well, I, I appreciate yes. it yes thank you oh thank you <laughs> yes now was there anything you wanted to talk about um just that it's a new year and you know maybe people want to start reading the bible in a year you can look up how to do that on you know like com or any person that you will trust mm-hmm. they have study you know um layouts of what to read each day that's right yeah you know and maybe someone wants to start that but if you don't it's okay Mm -hmm. but you know if you don't do it every day don't get hard on yourself no 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 i just thought about that because i started doing a reading of something else but um for the new year Mm -hmm. you know it like renews you yeah so i don't know i just suggest that well, and I am taking a page out of your book. I am almost almost totally cutting out social media. Are you? Yeah. 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 And it, it was a combination. It was you being an influence. And then there was um, a note in here, and we'll get to it, you know, as we progress. But I was like, why Why am I on here? Like, yeah. what purpose is it? And it's it's not giving me, you know, spiritually it's not giving me anything. No. And a lot of times people are just on there to brag or perfection humanly. And like, is that tearing us away? And being so mean. Mean. Yeah. And then you see something where someone was mean to someone and they sh- they're they videoing the person suffering. Mm. What? Yeah, I agree. I, I That's good. I'm glad I, sometimes I go look, but I'm going to be completely, that's my goal. Yeah. You know, but it's just. And it's not a matter of, well, I'm just going to turn a blind eye to things. No, it's like, like, especially Twitter. I've been on there a while. Okay. And like, I've, you see what goes on and there are good things. I'm not saying it's all bad. Right. But it's like, for the most part, there's just a lot of negativity. Okay. So. It's not worth it. It's not. No, not at all. It's not. It just puts us in a more vulnerable place for the devil to get to us. Mm. And you have to believe he's real. Yeah. I mean, evil is real. Mm -hmm. Just look at the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
I agree with you. It's one of the best things I did. That's good. Yeah, because my now I'm I I don't get in those holes. Mm -hmm. Like you put look for one thing, then you push this button. <laughs> forget it. <laughs> Something I and know. isn't that the truth? It's like okay, what could what else could I be doing right now? Exactly. There's probably a million better things I could be doing. Yeah, like there there are so many more. Even just quietly setting, you know, and praying. Mm. Anything. So, yeah, I know. Something. All right. All well, right. do you want to get started? Sure. Okay, well, let's do a recap of 1 Samuel chapters 8 through 16. Uh, Samuel's sons were not obedient to the Lord like their father. The Israelites wanted a king instead of judges. Saul became the first king. The Amalekites were destroyed, and David was secretly chosen as the next king. Yep. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? No. Okay. No. All right. So chapter 17, the Philistines and the, the Israelites were ready to battle. And this is where Goliath comes in. He was a Philistine champion and a giant and over nine feet tall. Yes. Nine feet. Yeah. Um, would you mind reading 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 8 through 11, please? Yes. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. I would imagine Goliath didn't ha have any competition. Never. In, in life. No. He probably just, you know, he ruled everything. Yeah. They just, uh, that's, why would anybody face him? Mm-hmm. Why? Kind of like a bully. Yeah. Even when you read, you know. And he yeah. wasn't being humble. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-uh, not at all. <laughs> um, did you have any notes? <clears throat> I had a note regarding Goliath, the weakness, uh, the lessons from his life. Mm -hmm. And it said that strength often conceals weaknesses. God will not be mocked, and God equips those who trust him with spiritual armor. Mm. I just, I read this little, we had the insert and it just that that just hit me mm -hmm. like it conceals weaknesses you know even like bullies like they do that because they're hurting so that that I had and then I had um, when they had first approached the promised land most of the Israelites had been afraid to enter because of the giants living there King Og of Bashan needed a bed cover 13 feet long. Gosh. Now Goliath, over nine feet tall, taunted Israel's soldiers and appeared invincible to them. Saul, the tallest of the Israelites, may have been especially worried because he was obviously the best match for Goliath. In God's eyes, however, Goliath was no different than anyone else. 
I have another one. Oh, sure. An army often avoided the high cost of battle by pitting its strongest warrior against the strongest warrior of the enemy. This avoided great bloodshed because the winner of the fight was considered the winner of the battle. Goliath had the definite advantage against David from a human standpoint. But Goliath didn't realize that in fighting David, he was actually facing the power of God. Yeah, and you you can yeah. imagine Goliath just looked at this kid and was like, oh, "Yeah, okay. whatever." <laughs> yeah, you know, and <clears throat> Saul was supposed to be it, but it was David. I just, you know, we've got to remember that when we face something, it looks like the biggest mountain in front of us, but we have God next to us, mm -hmm. and all we have to do with that big mountain is just take one step. Or a half a step. Then when we can do it again, we take another little step. Amen. You know? You you can do it. You can do it. But now, is it going to be overnight? Maybe not. But we can do it. Mm -hmm. With the Lord, you know. Because he's right there with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What are the facts each day? What are the truths? You know. Because yeah. the devil will put them in you that they're not. So, mm. put the wrong ones in. Yes. So, that's what I had. And then, um, so Goliath, he, he taunted the Israelite soldiers. And like you said, they were fearful of him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one, one of the other notes, why would this go on for 40 days without one side attacking the other? They were camped on opposite sides of a valley with steep walls. Whoever would rush down the valley and up the steep cliffs would be at a disadvantage at the beginning of the battle and probably suffer great casualties. Each side was waiting for the other to attack first. I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Because you can visualize it. Why? I don't know why any side would want to go first. No. Because they would be pooped by the time yeah. they got there. Can you imagine? Yeah. There's like, okay, hold on. We're going to catch our breath. And yeah. Then we can start. It's crazy. And if we have a little map in here. And um, it said, the armies of Israel and Philistia faced each other across the valley of Elah. David arrived from Bethlehem and offered to fight the giant goat the giant Goliath. After David defeated Goliath, the Israelite army chased the Philistines to Ekron and Gath, which was Gath, which was Goliath's hometown. So it kind of shows you the map. Mm. And you can see where it's raised there, you mm. know? Hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Did you have any more notes for that part? I don't. I don't have anything for that part. Um, I had one other one. Uh, what a difference perspective can make. Most of the onlookers saw only a giant. David saw a mortal man defying Almighty God. Goliath was a target too big to miss. David knew he would not be alone when he faced Goliath. God would fight with him. He looked at his situation from God's point of view. Who or what are the giants you are facing? Viewing impossible situations from God's point of view helps us put giant problems in perspective. Once we see clearly, we can fight more effectively. Yes. I love that person. What a difference perspective can make. No kidding. That applies. Oh. Daily. Yeah. I agree it with you. It is all about perspective on situations. Yeah. Life. Everything. Every, yeah. So true. You know, if you, if you, you wake up in the morning and... What's your perspective on the day? 
How yeah. are you going to take it? Yeah. You know, are you like negative, 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 negative? Or are you like, all right, let's see, let's see what today brings us. Yeah. I agree with you. Because it, you can change your whole life, someone else's life, oh. uh, just by a change in perspective. No kidding. And then you're, if you're positive and, you know, prayed and said today, you know, I'm going to do for the Lord, you, even you are different. Mm -hmm. You, you can bring, all you think of is goodness. You know what I mean? It's not all negative. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. you know, you pray, the Holy Spirit's there with you. Yeah. Your perspective can turn around if you're in a bad spot. And it's okay. We've all been in bad spots. Oh. For you, sure. You can get out of it. Yes, you can. It's We've all been there. Now, Saul didn't want David fighting Goliath, but David did not fear him. Uh, David confronted Goliath with only five stones from a stream, his shepherd's staff, and a sling. He stood before Goliath, knowing the Lord would give them the victory. And then 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 48 and 49. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. It's crazy. Can you imagine? No, but can't you visualize it? Yeah, you can so visualize it. Um, David then took Goliath's sword and chopped off his head. Uh, the Israelite soldiers chased down and killed the fleeing Philistine soldiers. And once David returned, King Saul wanted to know more about the young David. Amazing. For, for David to even be able to pick up oh. Goliath's sword. Because you can only imagine this thing is huge. Yeah. And, and heavy. And yeah, I can imagine. Gosh. And behead him. Ugh. Yes, I know it. Um, do you have any more notes for this chapter? Yes. Um, David was able to move faster than Goliath because David carried no heavy weapons or armor. David, David was an expert marksman with a sling. And as he advanced on Goliath, he stayed out of range of Goliath's huge weapons. What made David effective was more than his ability with a sling. It was his courage and faith in God. To fight like David, we need David's kind of fearlessness. David's confident trust in God had grown strong in his encounters with wild animals while guarding his father's sheep. When you face towering problems, recall how God has helped you in the past. Take heart because God will give you strength. Use the skills God has already given you and move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Anything else? That's all I had. Um, the only little thing I wanted to add, because they had mentioned um, how the spirit of the Lord filled Saul, uh, Saul with a tormenting spirit. Yeah. And it was causing depression and fear. I just thought that was... Because the, the Lord has been, had been known to do that. Yes. To wake him up or allow... He allows... I mean, he does allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. For his will to be done. I mean, we have to admit, you know, say that. Um, because, you know, they were saying, well, you know, people were questioning, okay, well, why is Saul acting so goofy? And they said that that may have been one of the reasons. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to chapter 18. King, King Saul's son Jonathan and David became good friends. Saul made David commander of the Israelite soldiers. He soon became jealous of David's popularity among the Israelites. God sent a tormenting spirit to overtake Saul. Mm. And so, yeah, the whole, it could have been a, the Holy Spirit left Saul and God allowed an evil spirit or demon to torment him as judgment for his disobedience. They said that was one of the options that may have happened. Yeah. Um, because of this, Saul tried to kill David and the Israelites continued to love David because of, of you know, his successes in battle. Yes. Um, did you have any notes you wanted to bring? Yes. Um, when David and Jonathan met, they became close friends at once. Their friendship is one of the deepest and closest recorded in the Bible. They base their friendship on commitment to God, not just each other. They let nothing come between them, not even career or family problems. They drew closer together when their friendship was tested, and they remained friends to the end. Jonathan, the prince of Israel, later realized that David, and not he, would be the next king. But that did not weaken his love for David. Jonathan would much rather lose the throne of Israel than lose his closest friend. How beautiful is that? He could have gotten so jealous and mad. Well, I'm not going to be the next king. But no, it was nothing but love. They had true love for each other. They, uh, true friends, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Did you have more for chapter Um, 18? I have, um, Saul's appreciation for David turned to jealousy as people began to applaud David's exploits. In a jealous rage, Saul attempted to murder David by hurting, hurling his spear at him. Jealousy may not seem to be a major sin, but in reality, it is one step short of murder. Jealousy starts as you resent a rival. It leads to your wishing that rival removed. Then it manifests itself in your seeking ways to harm that person in word or action. Beware of letting jealousy get a foothold of you in life. Oh, jealousy is so... It's so bad. Yeah. You know, it is. It can get, it It gets hold of people, and sometimes it's so hard for people to let go of jealousy. It's, yeah, it's, don't let it start. No. Don't let it get planted. Just start praying for that person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else? That's all I have. Okay, so chapter 18 concludes with King Saul still trying to kill David. This time he wanted the Philistines to do his dirty work. In order for David to marry one of Saul's daughters, David and his men had to kill and bring back 100 Philistine foreskins. They were successful. Uh, Saul and David remained enemies after that. I'm not even going to be sassy, Amy. Oh, don't. Don't do it. Because that's... Okay. Yeah. Because I have a lot of questions, but this is the Bible. Yeah. We may not have all the answers. No. I'm just going to let it go. There we go. All right. So we're going to move on to chapter 19, verses 1 through 17. Uh, King Saul wanted to have David killed, but Jonathan was able to talk him out of it. Later, the tormenting spirit from the Lord came upon Saul again. He ended up hurling a spear at David. Saul missed, and David ran away. Saul sent troops to David and wife 
is it Michelle? Yeah, Michelle? or Mick, Michael. Yeah, uh, to their house to kill David. And um, she helped him escape and disguised an idol with goat's hair to fool the soldiers. I thought oh, that was adorable. Yeah, it is. When asked why she helped him escape, she uh, said David threatened to kill her otherwise. Uh, That's all I had for there. Did you have notes for that part? I do. Mm-hmm. For um, 19, I have, it is, is it ever right to disobey your father, as Jonathan did here? It is clearly a principle of scripture that when a father instructs a son to break God's law, they should obey God rather than man. This principle assumes that the son is old enough to be accountable and to see through any deception. A son is a son's role is to be respectful, helpful, and obedient to his father, but not to follow commands or advice that violates God's law. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Any time um, in our book, um, the twenty Christian beliefs, in there it says, though the Bible, you can't say, "What should I eat today?" Or oh. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not going to answer each question for you specifically like that, but it has all you need to know to make your decisions, mm-hmm. and that's why it's important to study it because. Like me, I wish I knew more. Like, I wish I could answer that question. Yeah, but isn't it, it, it's a blessing, though, that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he will continue to give us that craving of knowledge. Yes. Because, I mean, sure, there are, like, super smart theologians. But not even they have all the answers. It's just a constant... It's a life of learning the Bible. Yeah. It's never, right. You're never going to have it all. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed when that book said that, that whatever questions you have, always take it to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Or if you have to make a decision you're not sure about, mm-hmm. just, you know, take it to the Bible. The Bible is the expert on the Bible. Oh. You know what I mean? Yes. It is. Yeah. All right, so anything else for that part? I don't. Okay, so we're moving on to Psalm 59. Now, Psalm 59 was written by David, and the theme is prayer and praise for God's saving help. God's constant love is our place of safety in a wicked world. Amen to that. Yes. Now, would you mind reading uh, chapter 59, verses 9 through 10? Sure. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me, for you, O God, are my fortress. In his unfailing love, my God will stand with me. He will let me look down in triumph on all my enemies. Beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. It is. Were there any other verses you wanted to pluck out of Psalm 59 that you liked in particular? Um, I Let me find it. I think it's right. It's 12. Mm. Um, because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses, and their lies. Mm. Just like, you know, there's people that are like that, you know, and I I always like that. I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah. The songs are beautiful. Yes. When we get, well, we're slowly getting into Psalms, but when we get into the, like, meat and potatoes of Psalms, 
Oh my gosh. Oh. They're beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Um, did you have any notes for uh, Psalm 59? Yes, I have. Um, David was hunted by those who lo- whose love had turned to jealousy, driving them to try to murder him. Trusted friends and even his mentor, the king, had turned against him. What changeable love. But David knew that. God's love for him was changeless. His unfailing love continues forever. God's mercy to all who trust in him is just as impermanent as his mercies to David. When the love of others fails or disappoints us, we can rest in God's unfailing love. Mm. Uh, Anything else? Um, I had, um, for 19, I'm sorry, I forgot one. Sure, So let me go back. Um, It says... Saul was consumed with jealousy over David's growing popularity, but the Spirit of God immobilized him so he was unable to harm David. Although Saul was receptive to the Spirit of God and he was caught up in prophesying, his heart and mind were far from loving God and thinking God's thoughts. Anything else for Psalm 59? Um, I have throughout this psalm, David describes a grim detail the behavior of his enemies. He contrasts his own feelings of dread with the desperation and despair that he seems he sees in the lives of those who want to harm him. What a delight then in these final verses to read about God's role in David's life as a refuge, a place of safety, a source of unfailing love. David had learned to turn negative circumstances into reminders of God's faithful presence. What stresses in your life may be transformed today if you made them a starting point for praising God? That's great advice. Yes. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all I had. Okay. All right. So moving on now to 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 18 through 24. David went to see Samuel. King Saul Uh, sent troops to capture David once word got to him regarding his location, but the Spirit of God came upon all the troops that came near David, and they began to prophesy. Even more troops were sent, and the same thing happened. Saul decided to make the trip himself, and the Spirit of God fell upon him too. But not in a negative way this time. No. Gosh. Yes. 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 24. He tore off his clothes and lay naked on the ground all day and all night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. The people who were watching exclaimed, What? Is even Saul a prophet? I don't know. I just thought that was naked. It was. Because these folks were confused. They sure were. Uh, Did you have a note for anything in that chapter? Yes. This was the second time that Saul surprised everyone by joining a group of prophets and prophesying, this seems to be a group of people in spirit-filled ecstasy. It was very powerful and contagious to anyone who found them. We do not know if they were speaking messages from God or merely joining in a static expression. The first time this happened to Saul was right after he was anointed king and did not want to accept the responsibility. This time Saul was consumed with jealousy over David's growing popularity, but the Spirit of God immobilized him so he was unable to harm David. Okay, anything else? No. All right. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter 20, 
David was confused and didn't know why King Saul wanted him dead. Jonathan remained David's friend and vowed to continue helping him, especially at the upcoming New Moon Festival. Saul was not pleased. Uh, if you would please read 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 30 through 33. Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death, Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled a spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Wow. That's horrible. Son of a whore. I thought, is what the world? That's <laughs> probably the worst words. Oh, yeah. Those were curse words. Yeah. Then the mother, the poor mother, was called a whore. Yeah, that mo- but, you know. Yeah. The woman was probably like, oh, okay. Yeah, she probably could dare listen or was in another room. <laughs> she was somewhere else. She wanted quiet. Yeah, she's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to hear all this. Yeah, I'm telling. But that's just so horrible, and it really kind of, you know, emphasizes the fact that Saul was out of his mind. He was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any notes for that chapter? Yes, I do. Um. Because the new moon festival involved making a sacrifice to God, those attending the festival had to be ceremonially clean according to God's laws. This cleansing involved washing the body and clothes before approaching God to offer a sacrifice. The outward cleansing was a symbol of the inward desire for a purified heart and right relationship with God. Today our hearts are purified by faith in God through the death of Jesus Christ on our behalf and by reading and heeding God's word. I have some more. Oh, go ahead. Um, Saul was still trying to secure his throne for future generations even though he had already been told his dynasty would end with him. Even worse, he was trying to do this by sinful human means because he knew he would get no help from God. Jonathan could have made a move to become the next king by killing his rival, but he bypassed this opportunity because of his love for both God and David. That's a good boy. Yeah. Saul has gotten so away from God. Mm -hmm. It's like a downward spiral. Yeah. And Uh, then you look at his son, and it's it's a 180 from him. Yeah. It's completely, yeah. Okay, anything else? That's it. Alrighty, so chapter 21, 1 Samuel chapter 21. Now this was the intro in our Bible, it's not official scripture, but I thought it was it was real good. It says, David and Saul both knew that David would be the next king of Israel, and this led to Saul's attempts to kill David on multiple occasions. David fled to safety outside of Israel, but in spite of several opportunities to harm Saul and take the throne that he had been promised, David honored God by refusing to lay a hand on the anointed king of Israel. Instead, David waited patiently on God's timing. Yeah. He just had the Lord with him. He did. And, you know, he loved Saul. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, through all of this, right now when he's trying to be killed by him, he still loves him. That's amazing. I know. But that's what the Lord can do. Uh, So. He just, he took away any hate. Yeah. 
He just was pure love for him. Do we know how old David was here? He was a young boy when he, Goliath, so I'm not sure. Okay, because I don't remember them saying how old he, approximately how old he was. No, but they did refer to him as a young boy. Hmm. So I'm wondering, you know. Yeah. So chapter 21 focuses on David's encounter with Ahimelech, the priest of Nob, and King Achish of Gath. David also received the sword of Goliath from the priest. And did you have notes for this part? I did. The first time, this is the first time Ahimelech is mentioned. Either he was the Ahiah mentioned in 1 Samuel 14, 3, 18, or more likely he was Ahiah's successor. In either case, Ahimelech had to go against the law to give the holy bread to David because the bread was supposed to be given only to the priests. But Ahimelech put David's need and life ahead of religious ceremony and fed him the holy food. This upheld a higher law of love. Centuries later, Jesus would refer to this incident to show that God's law should be applied with compassion. To do good and to save life is God's greater law. That's beautiful. I know. It really is. Because, you know, you... At least I would kind of think, oh no, like they're breaking the, the, the yeah. rules, the tradition of what's supposed to go on. But no, here they're saying, no, the compassion and saving life, that comes first. Right. That Yeah, that was so good. Um, did you have anything else for that chapter? Yes. David lied to protect himself from Saul. Some, some excuse this lie because a war was going on, and it is the duty of a good soldier to deceive the enemy. But nowhere is David's lie condoned. In fact, the opposite is true because his lie led to the death of 85 priests. David's small lie seemed harmless enough, but it led to tragedy. The Bible makes it very clear that lying is wrong. Lying, like every other sin, is serious in God's sight and may lead to all sorts of harmful consequences. Don't minimize or categorize sins. All sins must be avoided whether or not we can foresee their potential consequences. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, but we're not going to be perfect. No. You know? No. We've all lied, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, ask for forgiveness. Not that, oh... I'm a believer, I can do this, then at, no, but just, you know, if you did that in the past, just, you're going to do better. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, maybe now, if you didn't see it before, maybe you realize, you know what, I, I don't know what one lie led to yeah. and how it hurt someone else. So it's, it's about just becoming better each day. Yes. You know, and you tell your children, like, every decision you make, is like throwing a pebble in a in water in the center, and those ripples are what happens, mm. are the consequences of your decision. So you really have to be, you know, and even lying, what what that could do, and it hurts. Lies can just hurt. Yeah, they can just not be. It's better to be honest, and if they're true friends, family, they're gonna understand. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I don't. Okay. All right, so we're moving to Psalm 34. It was written by David after pretending to be insane in order to escape King Achish. 
And the theme, God pays attention to those who call on him. Whether God offers escape from trouble or help in times of trouble, we can be certain that he always hears and acts on behalf of those who love him. And, you know, for this in my notes, I just put beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Isn't it? Yeah. Were there any verses that stood out to you? Um, 20. Uh, Well, 19. I'll read 19. Well, I'm going to read 18 through 20. Sure. Um, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. And in my note regarding 3420, it said, This is a prophecy about Christ when he was crucified. Although it was the Roman custom to break the legs of the victim to speed death, not one of Jesus' bones was broken. In addition to the prophetic meaning, David was pleading for God's protections in time of crisis. After reading that note, I'm really glad we have the notes in the Bible. I wouldn't have put two and two together. No. No, I would have been a little confused. Mm -hmm. He just works everything out. And this... Um, 3418 I have read that and know that for many times when I've been brokenhearted or just in despair Um, and I just always remembered that you know and I just I have it highlighted I just it's just something that always has meant something to me you know no that's great yeah and that's what will happen you start going through the Bible and things will verses will affect you yeah you know, it's so the truth. Oh, yeah. So I have that one. That's great. Did you have yeah. any others you wanted to talk about? Um, that's the only one I have that I loved. Okay. Yeah. And then any other notes for Psalm 34? Um, I do. I have God promises great blessings to his people, but many of these bless- blessings require active participation. He will set us free from our fears, guard and defend us, show us goodness, supply our needs. Listen when we call to him and redeem us, but we must do our first do our part. We can appropriate his blessings when we trust him. Cry out to him, take refuge in him, fear him, refrain from lying, turn from evil, do good, search for peace, are brokenhearted, and serve him. Did you have more notes? Um, I just have one more that said, David learned of Saul's plans to kill him and fled to Samuel at Ramah. Returning to Gibeah to say goodbye to Jonathan, he then escaped to Nob, where he received food and a sword from the priest. He then fled to Gath in Philistine territory. When the Philistines became suspicious, he escaped to the cave of Adalam, where many men joined him. Mm-hmm. Now, the last... Oh, did you have any more? No, Sorry. that's it. The last note I had for this section is the one I was referring to earlier about social media and stuff. Oh, it's okay. It's the one that kind of... The light bulb went off. Wow. So, it said here, David was saying that if you have God, you have all you really need. If you feel you don't have everything you need, ask, one, is this really a need? Two, is this really good for me? And three, is this the best time for me to have what I desire? 
Even if you answer yes to all three questions, God may allow you to go without to help you grow more dependent on him. He may want you to learn that you need him more than having your immediate desires met. Oh, that could give me chills. Yeah. You know, and we've all been that at that spot, but mm. sh- could we have thought of all that? Yeah. Um, you know, or mm. just, I know, I, I loved that too. Oh, and that's, boy, I mean, all of those, you could just ask yourself, like, one, is is this really a need? Do I really need this? Right. No. I mean, unless it is something to eat because you're about <laughs> to die or, uh, like, a, a roof over your head. Yeah. The, the needs of us are not very much. I, I mean, be on, if you're being truly, truly honest, you don't need more than... Oh. One pair of shoes. That's right. Yeah. Again, thank God and for you too that we don't have that problem mm-hmm. of buying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or keeping up with the Joneses type. But some people really struggle with it and I feel bad for them. Absolutely. You know, but you know, you can't take any of it with you. Every wall is made the same way. Where, where you live, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know. And the one that, uh, the social media one, this was part two of it. Is this really good for me? Oh. I was like, mm, no. No. Not really. I, I just, I love that. That, that for some reason, that note hit me. It, it got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else for this part? Um, I don't have anything else for 34. Okay, so we are moving on to 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And that is where, and you just touched upon it, David escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon after, family members and others who were in trouble joined him. David became the leader of about 400 men. Wow. Um, Do you have anything for that part? I do. Those who were discontented in trouble or in debt joined David who himself was an outlaw. These people were outcasts and could only improve their lot by helping David become king. David's control over this band of men again shows his resourcefulness and ability to lead and motivate others. It is difficult enough to build an army out of good men, but it takes even greater leadership to build one one out of the kind of men that followed David. This group eventually formed the core of his military leadership. And you figure there were probably some ruffians in there. Yeah. Anything else? I just think when I read that about, you know, like, for example, my my husband, like, teachers. Like, mm-hmm. teachers, for example. You know, they're just human, too. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that my husband, when he was in the classroom, they would always say, he has good like discipline plans like he he knows how to control the classroom Mm -hmm. they respect him they this they that and he told i said how did that happen what how do you do that because some then some some teachers are good at something else craft or teaching math or whatever but that was a strong point for him and he said the first couple weeks of school i'm I'm very stern. Not not mean, but I'm like, these are the rules, mm-hmm. and we're going to get these down. Now, I'm telling you, you have to have these down, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he would 
Instead of setting them up for failure, he would teach them the expectation. And then, you know, he always respected all of them. Mm -hmm. And they respected him because because he respected them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he doesn't, he wasn't a teacher in the pristine area, which that was important. He wanted to be down there. But just like God, he gives us these rules. And some of us are going to just do it and some are going to struggle more and then maybe some aren't to god yet yeah so you know i just i don't know just how he had he was a leader mm -hmm. it just was in his blood yeah that it, it's something that god put inside of him yeah yeah and he taught those people when i read that about these kind of men i almost thought are some of them like not manly manly men hmm. like fearful and stuff like he had the hardest of the hardest to to teach yeah and he did it i just like that my imagination runs wild when thinking oh. about what what kind of men were in there yeah who knows i don't know in a cave a cave with 400 people how big was the cave it i hope it was really big i hope there's a bathroom now no they there had to be just wherever now, think about it, though. These are kind of hooligan men, yeah. right? They're, I imagine maybe they're a little stinky. I would say. Well, is everybody? Yeah, I guess. For some reason. And you know what? It's not nice. Why do I think the hooligan men are stinkier? Because it's just... Like they're on the run. Yeah. And they haven't had time to... To get bathed and... Pat down. No. Uh-uh. Unless they just came from that ceremonial... Yeah. The sacrifice, they were ceremonially clean. I don't know. Oh. I don't know how big that cave was. You know, you think of that, and I think, was there a bathroom there? I, <laughs> of all things. How, I mean. <laughs> like, how ruly, not unruly, how ruly was, were they like, all right, gentlemen, listen. There's the bathroom over there for number one, and there's the bathroom over there for number two. I have a feeling they just went wherever they wanted. I'm wondering, and then did the little ones go by it? I, I'm worried about it. <laughs> like, I want everybody to be safe, not get meningitis, which that probably wasn't even a thing then. But, you know, of course, here's me worrying, but the Lord had it all taken care of. You're worried about poop diseases. <laughs> I always, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Ah, terrible. And David was young. Young. And they respected him. Yes, they did. Anything else? Um, no. Okay. Moving on to Psalm 57. Also written by David. The theme, God's faithful help and love in times of trouble. When we face trials, God will quiet our hearts and give us confidence. And could you please read... Uh, chapter 57 verses 1 and 2 have mercy on me O god have mercy i look to you for protection i will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by i cry out to most i cry out to god most high to god who will fulfill his purpose in me for me so beautiful i know okay. i will hide beneath the oh. shadow of your wings oh. <sighs> It reminds me of Moses yes. being tucked. Mm -hmm. 
so precious. Were there any verses in there that you wanted to highlight? I The first one I have highlighted, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have one more. Sure. My heart is confident in you, O oh God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. That's seven, 57, mm -mm. seven. Okay. Yeah. How about you? It was, I just had 57, one and two. Yeah, it's so precious. And then any notes? Um, I have a note on seven. David's firm faith in God contrasts sharply with his enemies, loud, lying, and boasting. When confronted with verbal attacks, the best defense is to simply be quiet and praise God. Realizing that our confidence is in his love and faithfulness, in times of suffering, don't turn inward to self-pity or outward to revenge, but turn upward to God. I love that. Just to be quiet. Mm -hmm. If there's, yeah, verbal attacks, why say anything? They're words. And yeah. words can be hurtful, oh. but they're words. Yeah. And we know where our, um, we are with the Lord, we're in God, we know where we stand, so. Anything else? No, that's all I had. Okay. On to Psalm 142, also written by David. The theme, a prayer when overwhelmed and desperate. When we feel cornered by our enemies, only God can keep us safe. I did not have any verses highlighted here. Did you? Um, I don't. Okay. Did you have any notes you wanted to go over? Yes. Okay. Have you ever felt that no one cared what happened to you? David had good reason to feel that way, and he wrote, Hear my cry, for I am very low. Through prayer, we can pull out of our tailspin and be reminded that God cares for us deeply. And that's another situation where you want to just quiet yourself. Yeah. We, I mean, we both have been in that situation where you just feel like everything is spinning around you. Like, yes. you know, like they say here, find that just that little quiet time. God will calm you down. Amen. He'll get you through it. Yep. Okay. Anything else? No. Okay. First Chronicles chapter 12 verses 8 through 18. We learn some very strong warriors joined David at the cave of Adullam. And chapter 12, verse 18, Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, the leader of the 30, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you. For your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. So that was also it, it as well. It's God... Yeah. Put the spirit in them. Yes, for sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything. Um, how did the Holy Spirit work in Old Testament times? When there was an important job to be done, God chose a person to do it, and the Spirit gave that person the needed power and ability. The Spirit gave Bezalel artistic ability, Jephthah military prowess, David, power to rule, and Zechariah, an authoritative word of prophecy. Here, the Holy Spirit came upon Amasai, one of David's warriors. The Spirit came upon individuals in order to accomplish specific goals. Beginning at Pentecost, this, 
the Spirit came upon all believers, not only to empower them to do God's will, but also to dwell in them day by day. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you will experience the Holy Spirit's ongoing work in your life, as well as special times filling for God's purposes. Expect God's Spirit to work in you and through you. Now, Pentecost is when Jesus ascended to heaven and then the Holy Spirit came down upon the believers. Yes. Okay. That's it. Oh, no, if there's more. No, that's it. Okay. When he sent out the 12 to spread God's word, the disciples, Mm -hmm. and then on Pentecost, like, they were preaching God, you know, about God and Jesus, everything, and then he said, we're going to, now I'm going to do that, and Mm. he did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Um, No. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 3 through 23. King Saul got word of David's whereabouts and that the priest Ahimelech fed him and gave him the sword of Goliath. Saul sent for Ahimelech and questioned why he helped David and consulted God for him. And then would you please read uh, verses 16 and 17? Yes. You will surely die, Ahimelech, along with your entire family, the king shouted. And he ordered his bodyguards, kill the priests of the Lord, for they are allies and conspirators with David. They knew he was running away from me, but they didn't tell me. But Saul's men refused to kill the Lord's priests. So he's still loopy. Yes, he's still out of control. So Saul turned to, how do you say his name, Doeg? That's what I'd say, Doeg, Doeg. who was the chief herdsman to Saul to perform that task, and he killed 85 priests, their entire families, and their livestock. One of Ahimelech's sons, Abiathar, escaped and informed David of what happened, and David protected him from there on out. That's horrible. It's terrible. Um, Any notes for that part? Yes. Why did God allow 85 innocent priests and their families to be killed? Their death served to dramatize to the nation how a king could become an evil tyrant. Where were Saul's advisors? Where were the elders of Israel? Sometimes God allows evil to develop to teach us not to let evil systems flourish. Serving God is not a ticket to wealth, success, or health. God does not promise to protect good people from evil in this world, but he does promise that ultimately all evil will be abolished. Those who have remained faithful through their trials will experience great rewards in the age to come. That was just so terrible. Oh my gosh. I know. Anything else for that chapter? Um, No, that's all I had. Okay, and then just this little bit... So Saul destroyed Israel's priesthood, but when David became king, he installed Abiathar as the new high priest, and he remained in that position during David's entire reign. So that's something just to keep in the back of our minds as we go forward. Yes, for sure. Okay, and then lastly, we have Psalm 52, also written by David, and the theme, God will judge the evildoer. Our anger must not block our confidence in God's ability to defeat evil. Very good. Yes. Did you have any, were there any verses that stood out or any notes? I love four and five. You love to destroy words, others with your words, you liar. But God will strike you down once and for all. He will put you from your home and 
uproot your you from the land of the living. He's going to take care of everything. Yes. Yeah. And I do have a note. Okay. Um, with God by his side, David compared himself to an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. Not only is an olive tree a living, thriving tree, but it is also one of the longest living trees. David was contrasting God's eternal protection of his faithful servants with the sudden destruction of the wicked. I had one other last note. Uh, it said, this psalm was written about Doeg the Edomite, who had betrayed Ahimelech and David and then killed God's priests. Doeg thought he was a great warrior, even boasting about his deed. Gosh, how could you boast about I'm something not, like that? Uh... In reality, his deed was evil, an offense to God. It is easy to mistake accomplishment for goodness. Just because something is done well or thoroughly doesn't mean it is good. For example, someone may be a great gambler or skillful liar. Measure all you do by the rule of God's word, not by how proficiently you do it. I highlighted that. I read it a few times. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. Measure all you do by the rule of God's word, not not by how proficiently you do it. Amy, that's all I had. That was it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to go over? Did you... Um, did you look back at last year and see any changes in yourself or anything that you, you wanted to do or anything that you accomplished or no? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think these last couple years in particular, a lot, a lot of people have, have grown. And I think I did becoming more aware of how I act around my kids and how I express my opinion around my kids because it can work in a positive and a negative way. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing. Like, I learned from that. Yeah. How about you? That's very open and honest to say because I think all of us could take a lesson from you in that. You know, we have to remember there are children, even when they're adults. Like if I ever heard something my father said as an adult, it bothered me. You know, that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So that is good. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Because especially in 2020, I, and it was, it was also just me trying to work through things. But in doing so, it affected, especially yeah. I think the younger one. Yeah. And I didn't see it. And I, I truly do feel bad about that. Well, you're forgiven. So just becoming more aware of things like that. Yeah, that that's true. I need, you're right. You know, I need to really check myself too, because I think it does affect them. And you know, we have nothing to compare this to. We don't know what those kids went through. No. I mean, we're the parent, but we weren't doing it every day. And that's something that and I've said it before but it that is something that a lot of people overlooked in all of everything that was going on mm-hmm. I think the school kids a lot that whole situation was really overlooked and how in the years to come how all of this is going to affect them yes how they're going to bounce back and I some of them aren't no and you know bounce back do we bounce back you're right I mean, do we go? Adjust. We're never get right. Adjust. Okay. And I didn't mean to correct you. I no, mean, no, I appreciate I, that. No, no. I, I what I meant is, 
we'll never be able to get to where we were. Mm -hmm. And that's probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because this probably brought a lot of people to the Lord. Mm -hmm. My, I had like four things I wanted to do through the year. And my first one was to become more of a vessel for God. Mm. And just like how changing your perspective, I learned, first I was kind of frustrated and then I changed the focus on my lens. So I guess I changed my perspective. Good. And thought, you can't do this perfectly. There's no one perfect, you know, and I don't have all the knowledge and the, but I'm going to do the best I can every day. Mm -hmm. Just like it said, you just read about it. Measure it by God's. That's what made me ask this question because I have to remember that's who... I need to be judged by and that's it Mm -hmm. and not harshly you know what I'm saying like that's my redeemer that's the one who I need to answer to that's it Mm -hmm. so yeah I think that that last thing was so good that was mine was there more that was that was the big one for you I'm so thankful for our friendship because we are like siblings and it's the basis Christ yes you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, those kind of friends you just praise God for. Yes. You know, yeah. So that was a great yeah. question. I hope it was okay that I answered. Oh, my I, gosh. I, I mean that I asked. Yes, that was okay. great. Just so if someone else is, you know. Yes. And it's it's a matter of being honest with yourself. I think if you're honest, you'll you'll make progress. Even if it's a little bit of yeah. progress, you'll make progress. You'll make a little. Mm-hmm. And everybody's journey to the Lord is different. So, you know. Yeah, never compare your oh. journey to someone else's journey. I, it, I think that's a trap. Me too. That the devil's putting you. Yeah. You know, like, oh my gosh, like that person has known the Lord for so long. And I really just am learning about the Lord. That's okay. That's your journey. Amen. Amen. Just like whenever he retired the priests mm-hmm. at, was it 40? or, And then they helped. Yeah, it was, yeah, I know what you're saying, but yeah, it was right around there. Yeah. We, we all aren't where we're, you know, every one of us. I mean, someone may be 80 years old and you're starting to learn about the Lord. Well, God bless. God That's your bless. journey. That's right. And praise God that this happened with you. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. We just go with the flow. That's what I've kind of learned. I'm going to wake up each day and ask to be the vessel and show me. You know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There's a little book called Our Daily Bread. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh So there's this little... There's this little book and I think each one of it is three months or two months. Mm -hmm. And it will... You'll read a little thing, synopsis, you know, like something that somebody did or something and then it'll it'll apply God's word to it on top is a little verse and then on the bottom it'll it'll ask you a question Mm -hmm. and then it will have either read this or go to odyssey.com number whatever to read on how to be more faithful or something Mm -hmm. if some and those are free they are yeah you can have them sent to your house I think it's ourdailybread.com Anybody that's listening, if you just even did that every day oh, and yeah. did those questions, like just write it down or one every week, whatever, the what you would learn in 
in a month would be amazing. That's right. You know, I, I, it doesn't cost. Mm-mm. No. So that's that's really great advice. I thank you. I just I I've done that for. I haven't did all the steps, but I thought about that the other day. Yeah, our daily bread is great. It's like you said. It's like either two or three months, and it's a daily thing. And, you know, if you want to just kind of slowly go through that, do you, do you know how much knowledge that is oh, after a few months? And yeah. then maybe you do another couple months. Yep. It all helps. You know, the it all helps. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Amen. Yep. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay, well, let's give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com, and you can find all the links there. Okay, now what to read for next time. We're going to finish up First Samuel. We're going to have some more chronological chapters in here. So if you're reading along, I'll list it off, and it'll also be on the Facebook page. First Samuel 23, Psalm 54, 1 Samuel chapters 24 through 26, 1 Samuel 27, verses 1 through 7. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. 1 Samuel 27, verses 8 through 12. 1 Samuel chapters 28 and 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 19. Psalm 56. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verses 20 through 22. 1 Samuel chapter 31, and then also 1 Chronicles chapter 10. That's a parallel verse. We get our first parallel verse. Oh, that'll be neat. Yes. Now, the parallel verses are really cool. Yeah. Because not only are we going in chronological order, but the the Bible we're reading from, if there is a chapter that covers the same event... It'll give you the, the, the parallel chapter. So you can look at both and kind of compare and contrast and see, okay, this is where this author was coming from and this is what this author is coming from. Yeah. So. Yes. And like how amazing where they were at in the Bible. Like it just always just stamps, stamps its, um, that it's right and it's just. And, you know, he has everything in here for us. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right, friend, anything else? No. All right. Nothing. All right. Well, you can always email us with any prayer requests, any questions, and we hope you all have a blessed week. Yes. Take care.